What is going on, everybody? Will Ford here on the Storied Rivals Podcast Network. Stadium Drive Week 13, the regional semifinal round of the Ohio High School Football Playoffs. And this Friday, we're live at Thomas Worthington High School for a big matchup in Division One: the number one seed, Gahanna Lincoln Golden Lions, and the number four seed, Upper Arlington Golden Bears. But we want to feature another game on our show this week. Um, we're with a school that we cover in the Muskingum Valley League, Division Four, the Sheridan Generals, the number two seed, taking on the number three seed, Bishop Hartley. If you look at the last couple of weeks for the Generals, um, you know, first of all, they, they won in week 12, round two, 42 to nothing against number seven, Gallia Academy. A uh, huge performance defensively, uh, and they really established the run as they have over the last handful of weeks. But defensively, they showed out, forced turnovers, and they got back on track um, because in weeks 9, 10, and 11, um, they've struggled a little bit defensively. They've given up 20-plus points per game, uh, and in weeks 10 and 11 combined, they gave up 600 yards passing. Uh, it, it Kind of riding the struggle bus a little bit defensively, giving up a lot of yards and and quite a few points, um, but the offense has not wavered. They've performed. They've done their part um, to keep them in games and win them football games over the last three weeks. Um, and now the defense finally back on track after that big, big performance shutout win in round two. But now they take on number three seed Bishop Hartley, um, who's very multiple in the things that they do offensively, a lot of talent defensively. And of course, the further you get in the playoffs, the better the teams are, right? More talented players, better coaching, better teams. That's just how it goes in football. The best teams uh, rise to the top the further you get into the playoffs. Uh, there are no bad teams at this point, um, and, and there's not even any, uh, you know, not even any average teams at this point. Um, this is all good football teams. Um, and so we talked to head coach Paul Carver the uh, third here in this show. Uh, we'll hear from him in a minute or two. But what's at stake uh, for both of these? Uh, teams in this game for Sheridan and Bishop Hartley. The winner of this game will take on either the number one seed Steubenville Big Red or number 13 seed Indian Valley Braves. So that's on the horizon. That would be the regional final matchup against one of those two teams. But head coach Paul Culver III talked about um, the play and kind of the turnaround of his defense last week, peaking at the right time offensively and defensively. Uh, what the film says about how he needs to prepare for this Bishop Hartley football team offensively and defensively uh, and instilling positivity and confidence in his guys, the further along they get into the playoffs um, to not only continue to do what they do, but understand that this is the best of the best. Now we're, we're not going to go out and dominate teams like we did in the regular season. We have to go punch for punch for these teams. When they throw a punch, we've got to throw a punch back. How does he instill uh, that confidence, uh, that belief, and that survive and advance mentality the further along you get into these playoffs. So here is head coach Paul Culver III of the Sheridan Generals here on Stadium Drive. Uh, thanks so much for making us part of your football Friday, whether or not, or whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or watching on Facebook or YouTube. We really appreciate you being, uh, appreciate you being here. Weeds. All right, we're here with head coach Paul Culver, the third of the Sheridan Generals, going into week 13, the regional semifinal round of the OHSAA playoffs and taking on number three, Bishop Hartley, this week. Coach, really appreciate your time joining our show. And uh, last week, uh, a shutout victory, 42 to nothing against Gallia Academy. Um, and if you look at the way your defense played the the couple weeks prior, giving up at least 20 points per game, quite a, uh, quite a few yards, um, but 
your defense seemed to kind of get back on track, back to Sheridan Red Rage football, and um, you, you force some turnovers. Obviously, it, like you shut out, like I mentioned. But does it feel like now that your defense and and your team as a whole is back on track, back in a rhythm, and back playing the way you want them to play going into the regional semifinal round? Uh hundred percent. I mean, when you give up six hundred yards passing in two games and fifty points. Um, that's not going to be successful on a regular basis unless you're, you know, there, there are teams out there that can generate, you know, more offense than that, but that's, that's not us. We've always been like a defense and ball control possession offense. So yeah, that wasn't us for a long time. Um, and it was fixable, right? So like the kids didn't panic and to my defensive coaches staff credit, they didn't panic and uh, just kept, uh, you know, uh, the expression is Novocaine, give it time. It'll work, you know, believe in who we are. We might have to make a couple tweaks. And, and I think you saw that against Gallia. Now, the run game, I feel like, has just been extremely prominent. You mentioned ball control, which is something that you that you favor. Like the run game, I feel like it's just been so dominant and powerful the last handful of weeks, um, like end of regular season, going into these playoffs. Um, like Justin Munyon has just been running over people and he's been at, he's had tons of room to, to run. Caden Sheridan has really uh, showcased his ability as a runner, not only as a thrower as well. And then Zach Hines, when he when he comes in and takes some carries he's efficient moving the football like what's went into the offensive production running the football because obviously you're really strong up front um how we've been able to move people around and and create those running lanes for those guys to to make things happen yeah so a big part of it was finally just gelling offensively especially up front uh in a lot of ways while we had some pieces back we didn't really have a guy that was a returning you know every down offensive starter back um jack backus or excuse me Connor Backus and Jack Robinette um, both saw time there uh, last year and, and started different games, but uh, they all ultimately were pushed into service because they were uh, there were injuries. And so then you start talking uh, Showwater at center as a first year starter. Cole Davis played only defense. Cole Davis is Cole Davis, so he could have played offense anytime we wanted him to. But um, and then Creed Hill has gotten a lot of snaps, and then Hunter Seitz is a senior um, that has stepped into that role. So it was we had a lot of injuries, and I I. I I think only finally in the last three weeks have those guys played the same position three games in a row. Uh, we've had basically six bodies that have been in and out and moved around, and essentially all six of them were first-year starters. And uh, it took us a while to kind of really get on the same page. Um, they still were playing hard, but when you start running um, an actual offense, the idea is that you know all the if-then statements of what the defense could do to you. So if they, then we. Right. And, and that, that's hard. Uh, that takes a lot of time. And so he's started to see that in the last couple of weeks. Now, with this Bishop Hartley team and really is, the further you get in the playoffs, obviously, the better the, the teams are that you're going to play unless there's some some massive upsets, which we have. I feel like we haven't seen a whole lot of upsets that, for the most part. Teams that were favored to win the upper seeds I and mean, winning most of these games. But the further you get in the playoffs, the teams get better the, and the, the games are harder. But. Uh, Bishop Hartley's played some tough D2 teams on their schedule in the regular season. They beat a, a St. C team that was 8-2 and two in the regular season um, last week, um, and they beat them by two possessions. But what have you seen on the film this week that you know that you've got to be prepared for that Bishop Hartley does offensively that will challenge your defense once again? And then, you know, I guess, same thing on the, on the other side of the ball as well. Uh, so my dad would have called it phone booth football. Um, it's like pack everybody inside of a phone booth and just start trading punches because um, they pack it in, right? They still get on the perimeter and they have a lot of speed and they, they create big plays, but uh, you know, they are foot to foot splits 
They regularly have a tight two tight end sets or two two fullback sets, and there's even some where you go pure heavy, which is two tight ends plus two fullbacks, and that basically means one tailback's running behind ten blockers because uh, a quarterback even throws blocks on some of their plays. So um, forcing teams to play defensive football that they haven't played in twenty years, right? Like nobody does this anymore. It used to be this was not everybody, but it was common. You saw genuine smash mouth football. Um, you know, there are teams that think they're smash mouth. Like we like to say that we, we have a very physical run presence, but this is, this is right out of the 1920s or something like that. And so to their credit, they are really good at it. And, uh, you know, my dad always said one of the things that gave us an advantage offensively for the option is most teams don't really run it. They think they do, but they don't. Right. And so teams can't prepare for us. And that's Hartley's advantage. Like seeing that kind of personnel groupings in the year 2023 is so rare that it gives them an advantage. You can't simulate it in practice. And, you can't simulate the physicality. Uh, they're very good at it. And then defensively, they're just super aggressive, uh, like athletes everywhere. So they pose a real challenge. What have you been telling your guys each and every week, like, each round of the playoffs, the further along that you advance? Is it kind of a, a just survive and advance mentality? Like what Like what do you get into the – what do you tell your guys? What do you try to put into their heads um, as you move further each round of the playoffs that, to give them the confidence and the belief that – um, no matter who we play, no matter you know what seed they are, no matter where we are, we can go out there and beat these teams week after week and and accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish. I've certainly used the expression "survive in advance," like you said. Um, that's that, that's absolutely the goal. I mean, it doesn't matter if our defense gives up points as long as our offense scores more, right? It doesn't matter if our offense yeah. plays poorly as long as our defense uh, you know does its job and shuts somebody out or something like that. But we also kind of change the. Maybe the focus, uh, I'll be honest, you know, like we think we're a pretty good football team. And so there were times this year in the season that we're challenging our defense that we expect to shut this team out. We expect to shut them out. If we if they score on us against our starters, uh, then we've done something wrong. We haven't played to our capability. And then flip that around offensively, like we're going to score 35 points. Like if we don't score 35 points on some level, we've, we've failed. Our offense should score, you know, three times in the first half, twice in the second half, or vice versa. Then depends on whether you get the first kick. That's pretty realistic. Uh, depends on you know the pace of the game, but uh, as soon as you get in the playoffs, it's like look they're they're gonna they're gonna hurt us. They're gonna they're gonna pop a big play. They're gonna daze us. They're gonna score, and it's not because we expect them to, but we want their kids to just be realistic that um, you're gonna take a haymaker shot, right? And you grin through it. You get up off the mat and you throw one back. Uh, that's 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 this next level football. There's no bad football teams left. There's no even just decent football teams left. Uh, maybe maybe somewhere, right? But Un, incredibly unlikely. Um, so you're going to take shots. The coaches, staff know exactly what they're doing. So you have to play well and understand it's going to be counterpunching and, uh, you know, and reacting from there. And so they can't get rattled from that. Sometimes I think you see that when you see a blowout in the playoffs, it's not because there was a wide gap in the ability. It's because that team could not believe that it wasn't going their way. They were 10 and 0 through the regular season, now 12 and 0 in the playoffs. And all of a sudden they finally met their match and uh, they can't handle it. So that's not our focus. Our focus is, look, this is a fourth quarter, 48-minute-plus battle. Coach, best of luck this Friday and uh, get to the regional final, man. You guys have had a fantastic season, and you and it looks like now you're peaking at the right time, which is which is great to see. But best of luck. Go get a win. Keep moving on, man. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join our show, as always. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it.